Hello everyone, welcome to the Unlimited Chelsea podcast. My name is Maxwell and I'll be your host today, so let's get going. First off, I'd like to congratulate the Canadian men's national team for a record-setting 8-0 win on Sunday. It was a very impressive match, lots of goals, um, and you gotta say, the Alfonso Davies hype is real. And I gotta say, I'm really excited to see this kid in the national team in the future, and I can't wait to see him become an integral part, especially with... Uh, the FIFA World Cup being held in Canada, USA, and Mexico in 2022. So by that time, he'll probably be around his peak. And uh, this kid will just be unbelievable. So I can't wait to see more of Alfonso Davies and the Canadian men's national team. Anyways, to our first bit of Chelsea-related business, we have the FIFA World 11 nominees released. And they're pretty self-explanatory. I feel like the this doesn't have too, too many surprises. Um, as usual, Hazard and Conte are up for the FIFA World 11. But one thing that I find interesting is what does Cesar Azpilicueta have to do to at least be nominated? You know, the guy puts in an insane amount of minutes every year. All he does is give his heart and soul to Chelsea and he puts in solid performances, but you know, he's not even up there, but then Dejan Lovren is from Liverpool. like. I understand that he made a FIFA World Cup final with Croatia and he made the Champions League final, but I don't see how he's better than Aspian. We all know about his best defender in the world comments, so mildly interesting. But anyways, I'm not going to fret too much on it. You know, I'm happy for Hazard and Conte. Um, I definitely feel like Conte will make the starting 11. Hazard, I feel like he has a pretty good chance as well. I guess only time will tell. Moving on, um, talking about the French Blues again, and Golo Conte and his humbleness was once again on display for his international return. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see the game, but they had the FIFA World Cup trophy display, and all the players were coming in through a massive smoke screen behind the trophies. So, you know, Antoine Griezmann did his take the L dance, Pogba's dabbing doing all this thing, and then you got humble and Golo Conte just walking past and touching the top of the trophy, carrying on with a smile, like, you can't hate this guy. The guy is so humble, and, you know, it's it's more about the football for him, unless about, you know, all the, the antics that have kind of taken over today's, today's game. So, you know what, I really appreciate him for doing that, and, you know, you can't hate the guy, like, he's just so humble. And then also, in the same game, Olivier Giroud finally scores. You gotta feel for the guy, like, playing over 900 minutes without scoring a goal. Must be really nice to finally get that goal. So, you know what? Good for him. Good for scoring. And, you know, like I said in my last podcast, even though he had that 900 streak, a 900-minute streak of not scoring, you know what? I'm glad he broke it. And I hope he starts for Chelsea versus Cardiff because I believe that he deserves a chance over Murata. And then the next section we have is the Chelsea women started their title defense. Um, they had a nil-nil draw versus Man City. Fran Kirby got about 23 minutes of uh, game time coming in as a substitute, but she's still recovering from injury. Uh, I believe they played a pretty pretty decent game. They had a 4-1-2-3 formation. Um, you know, the invincible style defense did start a little slow. I hope they start scoring again. Um, but overall, it was a pretty solid game. It was a very defensive display, um, so I was very impressed with that. Um, as soon as Frank Kirby came on, you could definitely tell there was a boost in the attack. Um, so, you know, they can only get better. 
um, the more she plays and, you know, coming off that injury, um, you know, it hinder anyone. So overall, it was a decent, decent start, you know, it sucks that you couldn't get the three points, but you know what, I'm happy with the draw and we'll see how the next games go. And now a big rumor that's coming back is Zinedine Zidane coming back to management. We all know how well Jose's been doing this season. Um, and there's big rumors that Zidane wants to come to Man U and replace him. And even bigger news paired with that is that he wants to bring in quite the list of targets. So these names include Cruz, Edison Cavani, James Rodriguez, and Thiago from Bayern. You know, I really, I can see him becoming manager of Man United, but I can't see him signing all the players. That is a big list of big name players that's easily a 250 million dollar spending spree like i don't want to know how much cruz is evaluated at one of the best midfielders in the world you know he's easily easily a world record midfield signing um you know i feel like when management targets come in to teams especially in the premier league they bring with them a massive list of targets and i don't know if that's made by the media or if it's actually true, but you know, like take a look at what Conte was linked when he came to Chelsea. When Conte came to Chelsea, you know, just came off a pretty solid campaign with Italy. You know, they thought he was gonna revolutionize Chelsea and he had this massive list of targets. You know, Chelsea was linked with Nangolin, Koulibaly, Sandro, Lukaku, James, Rodriguez, you know. We signed some pretty solid people. Um, like we did, but we didn't sign any of those guys, right? Um, and I don't really feel like Zidane can sign, he could, could sign one or two of them at the absolute most, but I don't think he's going to get that whole list. So I think if Zidane comes to management again, good for him, but you might want to reevaluate your targets because that is a massive spending spree. And after spending the money like they did on Lukaku and the weekly wages they have to pay Alexis Sanchez, you might want to reconsider a couple things. So moving on, we have the player of the day segment. So I didn't really name this segment, but last podcast on my first one, I had a little segment on Lucas Piazon and I kind of like that section on kind of focusing on one player specifically. So I think I want to add this to the podcast of the player of the day. And so today's player of the day is Oscar, the famous man who went to the Chinese Super League in the peak of his career. And he has recently just celebrated his 27th birthday. So there's always been big talk around Oscar, you know, he's 27 years old right now. He had a pretty good career going for him at Chelsea, you know, the man can pass, he can dribble, he's pretty good at set pieces, you know, he was a pretty solid attacking midfielder too. And, you know, looking at his stats in the Chinese Super League, you know, he's played 19 games, 9 goals, 14 assists, and 7 players of the match, you know, he has an average rating of 8.31 like that is a very 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 solid rating you know looking at some of these games you know he's like he's getting a goal or an assist a game you know one of his best games you know he got two goals two assists played full 90 minutes and had a perfect rating so you know you're starting to wonder is he kind of beyond the chinese super league and you know does he deserve to play in a better league but you know at the same time you know like that, that decision is kind of up to him you know, he's always said that 
you know, in an interview, he said, you know, in two to three years, I might return to the Premier League and I'd be happy with that. You know, he said he'd preferably like to come back to Chelsea. And he's also stated that Chelsea have opened the doors for a return. I don't think there's a specific return clause or a buyback clause, but I think there's a gentleman's agreement between the player and the club that, you know, if he wants to come back to Europe, you know, Chelsea might be the first team that comes calling. And, you know, the question is really, would he work for Saribo? Would he work in the system? I think it honestly depends, you know. If Kovacic signs with Chelsea permanently, it might be a little bit of a problem. Um, because, you know, I think that midfield three of Kovacic, Jorginho and Conte could be pretty solid for years to come. Now, I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, he'd be probably a good fit for Saribal. Um, he'd be a nice attacking midfielder to have for the club. And, you know, he's even a, just a pretty good central midfielder as well. Um, so, I don't know. It depends um, if he's going to come back or not. Me, personally, I think he's going to come back to Europe. It'd be nice to see him on a Chelsea kit again. I just don't know uh, the timeline. We'll see. And another interesting thing, though, is he has seven man of the matches this season, but he still never got a Brazil call-up, you know? The, like, the stats are there. He's being a good player, right? And I just feel like there's kind of this disrespect for smaller leagues, you know? Take Sebastian Giovanco, for example, from Toronto FC. You know, since he's joined Toronto FC, he scored over 70 goals. Like, that is a ridiculous stat. And still, he never gets a call-up for Italy. You know, it makes you wonder, why do these teams ignore good players just because they're playing in smaller leagues? Like, you can't deny the talent. Like, 70 goals. Come on, man. So, and I feel like it's the same for Oscar. You know, I feel like he deserves a shot on the Brazilian national team. So I guess only time will tell whether he gets a shot with the Brazilian national team and uh, if he ever comes back to Europe, but I guess that's really up to him. Moving on, another big news article is that apparently Roman Abramovich has given the go-ahead to change Chelsea's crest. Now, when I read this, I was a little iffy. Um, but doing some further research, it has been stated that apparently the lion will stay as a central part of the design, which I'm all for. But there's going to be slight adjustments made to the fawn, which will kind of liven up and more, I guess, modernize it. Um, one little side note, I just kind of hope those poppies on the kit stay as well. I've always been a fan of that on the badge. So, you know, Abramovich, he took over in 2003. And uh, this crest that we're using now was released when Abramovich took over the club so this badge has stayed for quite a long time um so you know I think the last time they changed the crest you know they did a pretty good job but at the same time you know I'm like I'm thinking why fix something that isn't really broke um it's a pretty nice badge it'll be interesting to see what they do um, I just hope it doesn't end up like uh, Leeds. We all know how that went down when they you know, sort of modernized their their badge. So we'll see how that goes. And then the next section of our podcast is the prospect of a day. So on this section, which I'm hoping to add to all the other podcasts, I'm going to take a prospect from our academy and give a little in-depth discussion on them. So today's uh, prospect of the day is Charlie Brown and I'm not talking about the cartoon character I'm actually talking about the young striker who plays in our academy so he was born in 1999 
and he came to Chelsea in 2016. So he was 16 and he came through the ranks of Ipswich Town before he came over to Chelsea. And you know what, this kid's actually been pretty solid. So in his first season at the club, he was mostly a substitute, but then, you know, still scored 10 goals in 21 appearances. Um, and then it was actually last year where he really had a breakthrough season. He played over 40 games and scored 22 goals. So in total, he's played 61 appearances and scored 32 goals. Now, that's a pretty solid stat. And since he's come here, he's won an FA Youth Cup an under-18 Premier League, uh, Premier Academy League, an FA Youth Cup, and an under-18 Premier League Cup. So he's definitely had his fair share of winnings. I think uh, I think he's going to work his way through the ranks. Um, we'll see how a couple loan spells treat him. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a young English forward make his way through the ranks. Um, but, you know, only time will tell that one. And next section we have... Um, in an interview, you know, Antonio Rudiger's been in the news a lot lately, especially with the whole accidental next stop on Prevard. But in an interview, they asked him who is the best three players in football. And he responded with Lionel Messi, obviously, Eden Hazard, and Kylian Mbappe. Now, I thought that was actually a really interesting top three, and I respect him for naming that. You know, it takes a lot of, a lot of courage to drop Ronaldo out of your top three and I know that's going to upset a lot of people but you know what I respect him for that and I feel like that's actually a pretty solid top three I can definitely agree with that list um you know you can't deny the influence that Cristiano Ronaldo has had on football but you know what at the moment I would agree that a top three in the world would be Messi, Hazard and Mbappe you can't deny what all of those players are doing and how much of a big impact they are to their teams and once again the Leon Bailey rumors are returning so we all know how well that went down last year um, he has recently signed a huge deal with Bayer Leverkusen um, but you know what also thinking about it you know Felipe Coutinho signed a new deal and then left for Barca right after so you know I'm not taking that new contract extension as a guaranteed saying that he's you know staying um, it has been rumored that he favors a January move to Chelsea at the absolute earliest. You know, we've all seen that photo of him in a Chelsea jersey on Twitter a million times, and it does seem like he's a Chelsea fan. And I feel like this would, move would finally put a solid player on the right wing. You know, Pedro's been good in Saribol, but, you know, his peak won't last long. You know, he's getting older. I think Bailey gives us plenty of room for the future. And also thinking about this move, you know, he's also thinking about representing England. You know, why not come to the Premier League as well and he'll get two birds with one stone. And I guarantee if he comes to England and he switches allegiances to England, you know, I think he'll definitely get call-ups, he'll get solid playing time, and then he'll finally solidify the right wing position. You know, I'm all for that. But like, looking at this kid's stats, you know, just pulling them up here. Um, last year, you know, 25 games, 9 goals, 6 assists, 4 man of the matches, you know, average passing of uh, 75%, that's pretty good for a winger, you know, average rating of 7.32. You know, he's only started two games so far this season, the season's pretty young, but you know, he's already scored a goal, you know, you can't deny that this kid would be a good fit for Chelsea. And I think if we finally get him in, it'd be nice to see him, you know, finally solidify our right wing. You know, he does have some weak skills with his tackling but you know he's a good crosser which is what we need 
He's very good at passing, dribbling, taking long shots, set pieces. You know, he could kind of take um, some of the stress off Eden Hazard for all those set pieces, which is nice. And, you know, we need people who can cross, you know, before it, it was very heavily reliant on the wing-back system to get crosses in. But I think, you know, if Leon Bailey comes in, you know, he could definitely be a big part of, you know, hoofing those balls into the box. So we'll see how that goes. I guess only time will tell if Leon Bailey does come to Chelsea. It'd be nice to see him, but he's definitely not going to go for cheap. And then the last section of our podcast today is the leaked FIFA 19 Chelsea ratings. So I don't know if these are entirely true. I'm just going off what I've seen online. Um, but there's definitely some interesting upgrades and downgrades for that matter. Um, so our number one goalie is Kepa. And last season he had a 79 overall rating. And it is leaked that he is going to have an 83 rating. So you know what? That's respectful. You know, take a look at a guy like Ederson. You know, he came to the Premier League and he had around an 83 last year. Um, I imagine that probably later on in the season, you know, as his form improves, you know, which he's showing signs of, I definitely think that he could have a higher rating in the future as well. Maybe in FIFA 20, he'll peak around like an 86 or so. We'll see how that goes. Moving on to defenders, you know, Cesar Azpilicueta stays at an 86, you know, could probably be an 87, an 88, you know, he's always kind of been a little bit disrespected in FIFA games. Um, David Luiz gets downgraded to an 83 after sitting out most of last season. Um, Marco Solanzo stays at an 82, which is kind of questionable. Um, considering how much he starts for Chelsea and how much of a solid player he's been. You know, he's been in the PFA team of the year multiple times. And then you got a guy like Antonio Rudiger who's going to get downgraded to an 81 from an 82. And, like, looking at that, that's just ludicrous. Like, when he came to Chelsea, you know, not there wasn't that many expectations on him, but he solidified himself as a solid person in our back three and in a back two. He can work in both. He's been incredible. And the fact that he's been downgraded... It's just ridiculous. But anyways, you know, it's it's FIFA. You're not going to agree with all the ratings. Stuff happens, you know. Aiden Hazard, he's going to stay at a 91. You know, he should he should be up there with Lionel Messi. He should be up there with Cristiano Ronaldo in those higher ratings, you know. Uh, Angolo Conte is going to get upgraded to an 89. Jorginho makes moves by going up from an 81 to an 84. Ruben Loftus-Cheek goes up to a 77 after a solid season on loan. And Callum Hudson-Odoi gets upgraded to a 68. And, you know, if you're playing FIFA, he definitely has that good potential. And then the last big surprise, well, it's not really a surprise, probably saw it coming, was Alvaro Morata gets downgraded to an 83 from an 85. You know, he did have a pretty rough season last year. So it is what it is. We'll see if he can dance back his form and get his rating back up as well. Anyways, that is it for today's podcast. If you listened all the way to the end, thank you for listening. I appreciate your time looking forward to producing more of these podcasts for you posting them on a variety of platforms so that as many people can hear them and uh once again just thanks for listening have a good afternoon